Warning, the following podcast contains mature content such as naughty language and sexual themes. Listener discretion is advised. I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day about our podcast and I was like, yeah, it took us like over a year to finish the Twilight series because of scheduling issues and just the fact that those books are so fucking long. Um, but now we're done and I'm really relieved we're done and we're reading a new series. And they're like, oh, what series are you reading? Like, maybe I've heard of it. And I was like, oh, we're reading Maximum Ride by James Patterson. And she looked at me and she said, Sarah... Those books are terrible. And I said, yes, I know. That's the point. Because it's 2021. Why are we still doing the year? <laughs> and we're reading Maximum Ride, The Angel Experiment, because I wanna. This is Literary Masters. Uh, not it's 2021 and we're reading Maximum Ride, The Angel Experiment. We did not lengthen our title further. <laughs> we actually shortened it significantly. Yes. This is... This is Literary Masters. My name is Sarah. I am Emmy. This week we're reading chapters 26 through 48, which is insane to say, because there was an episode during Breaking Dawn in which we read chapters prologue through three. Granted, that was a short episode, but it was still about as long as the amount of pages that we just read in Maximum Ride. Sometimes I look at my book and I'm like, man, am I breaking up these chapters properly? I thought a lot about it. thought a lot about it early on in the process because I have a whole lot of eight to nine page chapters. And then I've read these books... And I've paid close attention to other books in the meantime. And I will no longer ever question the length of my chapters again. Yeah. Um, we actually had a few chapters here that are like five or six pages long. And I remember reading them and I was like, this feels like a book. And then the rest of it was, it was very short. <laughs> For five short. minutes, I felt like I was reading a book. Well, anyway... I don't know why I'm opening my book. We don't need the book. We have our summaries, which are just about as long as the actual chapters themselves. <laughs> uh, but you started this week, so do you have anything you want to say before we get into these chapters? Got a new job. That's exciting. Does it pay well? I don't know. They haven't told you? You didn't ask? No. I start on Monday. It doesn't matter. It pays at least the exact amount that I already make. Okay. Got it. Got it. So it's it's just switching to the office and doing office work instead of being in the studio dealing with customers. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't pay more, I don't want to deal with customers. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I could go a day without dealing with a customer. I thought you loved customers. I thought you loved people. Don't you love interacting with people in Texas? No, I like interacting with people that I know. I love talking to people that I know. My friends, I could talk to them all day long, but 
you all should see what happens when we get off of here. They just need to get me off this call as quickly as possible. <laughs> they cannot deal with me any longer. <laughs> okay, that's a lie. You know that a lot of the time it's because you need to go take a shit. Or eat. <laughs> one, one end of the process or the other. Like, <laughs> it's got to be one of those. Sometimes it's because I just want to cry a little before I try and get on with my life. So I hope to have less of that now that we're reading Maximum Ride. And chapter 26. Yes. <laughs> Max wanders around injured. But the boys stopped chasing her when the rain started. She stumbles across Ella's house and finds the girl letting her dog out. She decides to seek help since she's injured, uh, which sounds like a simple process, except it involves lots of inter internal conflict between this chapter and the next chapter, <laughs> in which she is still <laughs> arguing with herself over whether or not she is going to enter this house. Not the very next chapter, but the next Max chapter. Yeah. Um, one thing here is that Max talks about how when she's running away from the boys, she keeps running through, like, streams and stuff like that to try and cover her scent from dogs. And I'm like, I know you don't know how the world works, Max, and so you probably just assume everyone has a pack of erasers <laughs> that they send after people. Um... But generally, teen boys do not have bloodhounds yeah. that they sick <laughs> I'm shocked that they followed her into the woods in the first place. Yeah. Like, you'd think that after getting the shit kicked out of them, I mean, they'd be mad, but I don't see them being like, we gotta chase this bitch into the woods. <sighs> Feels a little overzealous to me, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Teenage boys can be very single-minded, though. Yeah. Anyway, chapter 27. Angel keeps having blood drawn by the scientists, and apparently she bit one of them the last time they tried to come and take her blood. Uh, and that pissed him off, so then he beat the shit out of her. Uh, and that pissed off all the other scientists, because they're like, She's a person. Just kidding. No, no, it doesn't. That pisses them off because she's a valuable subject and they don't want to lose their subject because yeah, they beat the shit out of Yeah, don't you know? This is subject 11. This is subject okay. 11, homie. 11. Not 12. Not 10. 11. 11. XI, <laughs> Uh, But Angel does... I, I think she decides to just cooperate to make her life easier. Though it doesn't really say that she just is like thinking about how much she hates them and then she just decides to cooperate and i'm like i'm going yeah. to assume you did that to make your life easier but i don't really know yeah <laughs> uh chapter 28 iggy and gazzy have built a bomb that they lovingly call big boy get it like the bombs they used to kill thousands of japanese civilians in world war ii isn't it funny ha <laughs> ha Maybe they'll put some erasers in internment camps. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Uh, and they're planning to sabotage the erasers with a bunch of fun booby traps. They climb out through the hall window and fly away. Nope. No, they don't. What? No? They, what do they, they do? They don't fly. No. Gazzy goes to the window. Wait. Am I in the wrong part? No. Yeah, they fly. Yeah, I'm on the wrong part. Never mind. I was going to say, they fly away. What are you talking about? They they get on their wings and they start flying. There's a whole thing where he's like, I feel strong because I'm flying in the air. There's a lot of windows and flying in this section. Lots of windows and flying in this. Um, chapter 29, Max approaches Ella, who lets her into the house. Max is hesitant, but goes in anyway. Wait, wait, let me, let me hesitate a little more. Uh, if there was a theme song for this, for this past two Max chapters, it would be, should I stay or should I go? <laughs> uh and that's that's max's inner monologue of course i really like the idea that max would try to run here after already going to ella and asking for help yeah. and ella would just sick her tiny little lap dog <laughs> on her be like get her girl magnolia is the name of the dog I get her magnolia that. and she's also like small low to the ground and fat i picture like a bulldog or like a pug or something like that but yeah, that's the entirety of chapter 29. It's a pug. Its eyes are just rolling around different directions while it's trying to chase after Max. So uh, my dog has the a similar disposition to a pug. Not exactly the same, but similar. You know, large eyes, short snout, looking out in multiple directions at once. It's and terrifying. Brandon likes to joke that the day that she's able to force her eyes to look in <laughs> one direction, the world will end. It marks the end of days. <laughs> once once Ruby develops predator eyes instead yes. of pre- <laughs> <laughs> She I love her. She is very funny looking. <laughs> I so I for a long time I was just like, what the fuck is up with Boston Terrier eyes? And then I realized nothing. It's Ruby eyes. Yeah. Other Ruby... Boston Terriers have normal <laughs> eyes. They, they're other Boston Terriers, their eyes are still a little bigger than your average dog, but like they're not as like bulging as Ruby's are. And I no. wanna say her eyes are not unhealthy. Like it's nothing like wrong with her. She blinks, she sleeps, she's fine. It's just her eyes are very big. It's just very noticeable. <laughs> Yeah, it means that her eyes get a little pink because she'll, like, rub on them and stuff. And so she always looks high. And yes, I took her to the vet when I noticed that her eyes were red because I was nervous. And they were like, her eyes are just sensitive. She's okay. I don't doubt the fact that she is always high, to be honest. (laughs) Dog is a goddamn psycho. She's She's... constantly on cocaine. Yeah, she (laughs) is very energetic. And also has nothing to do with the book. So stop bullying my dog. (laughs) Fine. I'll bully her when I get over there later. (laughs) Chapter 30. Iggy and Gassy just be setting up traps. That is all that happens. Uh, But then there is this one little part where Gassy's like, man, I hope Max has Angel and nothing bad happened. Yeah, and he has this, like, image in his head of Angel being, like, dead on a laboratory table. And it's like... That's normal. That seems 
normal for an eight-year-old. As normal as an eight-year-old building a bomb and naming it after one of the bombs we dropped on Japan. Granted, I will say, they didn't name it after one of the bombs. They named it after both of the bombs. That's true. (laughs) Big man and little boy. But they named theirs Big Boy. They smashed it. Yeah. What are they? A digibash. They digibashed it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Chapter 31. Ella introduces Max to her mom, who is a vet, and asks if she should contact the authorities or Max's parents, and ends up deciding not to, based on Max's reaction, which is stunned silence and staring at her, uh, and the damage to her face from the erasers, which I assume that uh, Ella's mom took to be a sign of domestic abuse. Yeah, probably. There's a lot of assuming what other characters must be thinking or feeling in this book. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's like, you have to do the interpretation of the things that the characters see yourself, and you don't know why they're seeing those things or mentioning them for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ella's mom, Dr. Martinez. Dr. Sorry, Martinez. Takes Max to the bathroom to treat her wound and discovers her wings. Uh, but she takes it in stride and tells her she can treat her and will give her a tetanus shot. Um, I just want to say here that having come from the world of Stephanie Meyer, uh, having somebody introduced with the name Dr. Martinez and them not immediately pulling like tacos out of a back satchel or <laughs> having a siesta when Max walks in is 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 very re- relieving. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Chapter 32. Uh, Gazzy and Iggy watch the erasers drive down the road and crash when they reach the boys' booby traps. They consider bombing the erasers, but don't out of fear of starting a fire. And I'm just glad that they're knowledgeable about the role they play in preventing forest fires. (laughs) I'm not wearing my Smokey the Bear shirt today. I'm sorry. Iggy even made a comment that it was a shame that they weren't uh, driving safely while they were speeding down the mountain roads. The sarcasm is heavy in these two. (laughs) I'm still really confused by what they know and don't know of the world. Yeah. Sometimes it just seems like sometimes they're just reacting with normal person knowledge. And then sometimes like. Max is expecting children to chase her with dogs. I meant to make a note about this, but then I didn't. Um, In the Iggy and Gazzy chapters, it is so annoying how often Gazzy makes comments about Iggy being blind. I was actually going to bring this up too, specifically after the bomb scene, because I know there's a noticeable difference each time perspective switches. Max is the only person told from first person perspective. Mm-hmm. Nudge, Angel, and Gazzy are the focus of the third person perspectives. Yeah. Um, but each one has a slightly different style. So Max is heavily focused on dialogue, action, and internal thoughts. There's not a lot of description in anything Max and anything going on around Max. Uh, Nudge, 
I've noticed, oddly enough, despite being almost like half Max's age. She's 11. Oh, she's 11. Never mind. I was thinking of Angel. Angel's the... Yeah. (laughs) Um, But still, Nudge has much better physical descriptions of the world around her in her chapters. Angel is better about... uh, giving us information about what other people are actually like how they're reacting around her and not just the things they're saying yeah uh gazzy is the most painful one to read though i fucking hate everything from gazzy's perspective yeah because not only is he mentioned that iggy's blind constantly but you have this repeat of ideas because he's constantly telling iggy what it, it is that he's seeing so he'll see it and then we'll go through it a second time with him telling it to iggy but it's not always clear what's going on. So you'll read it and then think they're backtracking and saying something didn't happen, but then realize that, no, he's just re-explaining it to Iggy. It's yeah, it's hard to keep track of Gazzy's information. Yes. It's, it's, it is frustrating because like he's lived with Gazzy for four years and known him his entire life. The fact that he spends so much brain power, like, being like oh yeah of course Iggy wouldn't know what's going on and Iggy's like can you please tell me what's going on and he's like oh yeah sorry I forgot you can't see like you know he can't see if there was going to be a section in which you stuck to primarily dialogue it would be Iggy and Gazzy because you don't need Gazzy's internal monologue you can have him say it all out loud to Iggy yeah as a plot device oh yeah Anyway, chapter 33, the boys go to an abandoned cabin they use as a clubhouse to regroup. They're ambushed by erasers before they have a chance to escape. Pretty sure Gazzy was just about to fucking bail on Iggy here. So I, when I saw that note, I went back and I reread and I reread because I was like, I don't understand where you're getting that impression from. So when he was talking about getting ready to jump out the window, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Cause he's like, Iggy can't hear me getting toward going towards. No, the it window. says Ig- he began to edge his way over to it, knowing that Iggy would be able to follow the most imperceptible sound. Somehow I misread that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like I went back and I reread it and I was like, okay, no, I know exactly what she was talking about. He's saying that Iggy would be able to follow him because he would be able to hear his footsteps moving towards the window. Okay. Okay. That's, I was just like, what the fuck, Gazzy? Yeah. I even had my book open and ready to go so we could clear that up. But yeah, so um, they try, they, Gazzy thinks about jumping out a window so that they can fly away, but then he's not able to because the erasers are... Are uh, ganging up are cringe. on him. Are cringe. The they're, erasers are cringe. They're very cringe. <laughs> they're super cringe. They're the cringiest villains I've ever met. They all make little piggy and big bag wolf jokes. They're not pigs. They're birds. It's they. It's uh, it's like we were talking about last time with the scientists, where James Patterson is literally creating villains that you hate beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like these are just. Month like movie monsters basically these aren't people who you are fighting against these are just evil disgusting villains and i'm still just so confused by it because they're evil but all they did was take people and mix them with wolf and i'm like wolves aren't extremely violent creatures either like But maybe they had other experiments done to them, like the flock did. And that's why they're overly aggressive. 
I don't know. I'm just trying to give you an answer that makes logical sense. Because you're right, wolves are not inherently aggressive. I just... Uh, I want nuance. Give me nuance. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 34. Yes. Uh, Nudge. That's yours. Sorry. Yeah, I was like... (laughs) I'm sorry. It's confusing with us doing that. Be quiet. You get one sentence per description and then you have to stop talking. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ, this book. Nudge wakes up alone, but finds Fang outside and tells him she's hungry. They go dumpster diving for food behind a fast food restaurant in a nearby town. Uh, And then they decide they'll circle back to look for Max. Nudge then dives off a cliff screaming something about Tarzan. She literally screams Tarzan. And the next sentence is whatever whatever that that means. means. (laughs) What? I don't know. I literally have no idea what Max this is. Max references Tarzan later on down the line. Later. And I was like, these two things have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> I don't un- understand. <laughs> They're in no way related. And this is the first time in the book Tarzan's come up. So it's not a callback to anything that occurred previously. Emmy, but what if Tarzan? <laughs> Tarzan. <laughs> what if Tarzan? <laughs> what if Nudge was just... Played by Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Okay, so if Nudge is played by Phil Collins, uh, where and then Fang is Marky Mark? Who is Marky Mark? <laughs> Fang is Marky Mark. Okay, okay, okay. Fang is Marky. <laughs> I'm now imagining Marky Mark with like long emo hair. Marky Mark just pulls a bar of chocolate out of his pocket and feeds it to Phil Collins. <laughs> the rest of the characters in the movie played by, like, age-appropriate actors. But Fang and Nudge are, for some reason, Mark Wahlberg and Phil Collins. And it's never addressed. It's never treated as being any different from the rest of them. It's just... there. That's Nudge and Fang. <laughs> The entire time Max is just flirting with Marky Marks. <laughs> and now we know why he's just so indifferent and uncomfortable with it. It's because he's an adult man and uh, Max is a 14-year-old child. Oh my god. They don't know what uh, hamburgers are either, which is really weird because they know what a lot of other foods are. I know. Like, they, because they go, when they go dumpster diving, they pull out a hamburger and he's like, what's a burger? And I'm like, you know what hot dogs are, homie? Yeah. You can't tell me you know what a hot dog is and then be like. He knows what kebabs are. He knows what a kebab is. And you're like, nah, I don't they know They know what, what strawberry shortcake is. is. We're, we got a list of foods we know they know about. They know about eggs. Um, but whether or not those came from them, I don't know. Oh my god, we've solved Ravioli. the mystery. That's how they get oh food. <laughs> Max just be popping out eggs in the yard. <laughs> oh. So they know about cereal. They know about eggs. They know about strawberry shortcake. They know about hot dogs and kebabs. Ravioli. Ravioli. Um. They know about soda. They don't know about burgers, though somehow this is a long con (laughs) by the guy that by jeb 
Jeb Bush was just like, oh, I'm, a, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to tell him about hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's supposed to be, be a Jeb Bush impression, but it really sounds like Bill Clinton. <laughs> Oh, I'm just not going to tell him about hamburgers. Where's Monica Lewinsky? <laughs> Monica. <laughs> um. Anyway, chapter <laughs> thirty-five. Chapter thirty-five. So Max wakes up in a bed at Ella's and panics for a moment. Uh, then she, when she comes down, she remembers Jeb taking care of her uh, and giving her lemonade after snapping her dislocated wing back into place. At this point, she turns around and she just sees Ella and her mom, just the door cracked, both of them peeking in at her, just watching her. Yeah. And they're like, hey, hey, Max, do you like pancakes? She's like, yeah. She's like, do, do you like breakfast sausages, like the little links? And she's like, yeah. And they're like, do you, do you like other things, too? Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Well, if she knows what they are. That's, yeah. you know. It's up in the air about that. She's like, yes, I like these things. Walks out and it's just Magnolia cooked on her plate. Chapter 36. Iggy and... Oh my god, what did you just say? I was like, did you really not... You just didn't respond to that at all. I'm sorry, it took my ADHD brain a few seconds to register (laughs) that you implied that they were going to feed her the family dog. (laughs) What? <laughs> what? Oh, is this what a hot dog actually is? I had it wrong the whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm moving on. You're awful. <laughs> uh, chapter 30, no, chapter 36. Iggy and Gazzy are being taunted by the erasers while Iggy seems to be making a plan of some kind. They then fly up and through the roof. And they drop the bomb on the erasers as they escape. Uh, they see the fucked up Hummer heading towards them and fly away. This is the part I thought you were talking about when they flew through the window earlier. My brain went to this no. because they were talking about flying out the window multiple times right before this. But no, then they just flew up through the fucking roof. Sometimes they will... So they've described... It several different ways in which they become airborne with their wings, right? The most common is usually they take a running start and then they jump and then they open their wings and then they fly up into the sky. Alternatively is also a lot of times they'll jump off of something and then be flying. The one that is the most contentious and changes the most is whether or not it is easy for them to jump straight up into the air and fly away. It is never the same. No two times. Either Iggy and Gazzy in this scene fly up so fast that they fly through the roof. And I know it's rotted. I don't care. They fly through the roof or... It's like a difficult task for them to get up into the sky from a standstill. I don't know which one it's supposed to be. It's extremely inconsistent. Especially because they're in an old, dilapidated cabin. How tall can it possibly be? And it's not even like... So it's not like they go up to the roof of the cabin and they, like, 
punch a hole through it and then they climb through it. They describe it as Iggy goes up and straight through the roof. Gazzy follows after him, flying up apparently so fast that he can tuck his wings in, go through it, and then like open his wings back up. And it's not easy. He does stumble a little bit. But still, how did you build up that much speed, especially because the erasers were grabbing at them? Do you think when they do the running starts that Max just goes like an airplane and runs with her arms out anime style? Why would she do that? I'm just curious. <laughs> it's the reaction time on some of the erasers sometimes. I feel like because James Patterson wants, obviously wants the kids to get the upper hand on these big bad boys. Uh, the reaction time on the erasers is often like really distorted. Like, they're either so fast that, like, nobody has any time to react, or, like, we'll see a chapter later on where I was like, are they just doing nothing and letting you just do whatever? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like if he had taken more time to build nuanced characters and not just make giant overpowered monsters, uh, there could be more reasonable conflict yeah instead of just randomly handicapping your overpowered monster for no reason yeah also you left out the part where they have a fucking laser eye oh yeah one of the erasers has a laser eyeball he he talks shit to iggy about how iggy left before they got the new tech including laser eyeballs and then he burns a hole in Gazzy's shirt with his laser eyeball. Yeah. They have lasers. What's weird about that? They have lasers in their eyes. How do they lose? Chapter 37. This is literally insane. Chapter- wolf boys with laser eyes. Wolf boys. <laughs> I just need you to understand this. A werewolf, basically, with fucking laser eyes. Okay, 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 fine. Let me imagine it. You're attracted to it, aren't you? (laughs) You asked me to think about it. Chapter 37. Uh, Angel is being tested again, this time in a torture maze that changes every time she runs through it. She reads the mind of one of the scientists designing the maze to help her get through them quicker. After she completes one of them, Jeb appears. I am shook. Absolutely shooketh. That they would bring in this man who we definitely thought was dead. I believed it. I believed that he was dead. I cannot believe. Back at the school? He's at the school? This was a ploy the whole time? What? You mean that six experimental children didn't just magically escape? And live on their own for years, even after this man died? I know, it's really shocking. I'm, I don't think I'll ever make it past this, to be honest. Well, I hope you do, because the next one is yours. Chapter 38. Nudge and Fang are just circling around places Max might reach when trying to get back to them. Uh, Fang doesn't want to put himself in Nudge in potential danger uh, in case Max was discovered, so he doesn't want to go and find her specifically. 
but he also doesn't want to go in case Max is preoccupied because it won't make things any faster. So they're just kind of waiting, but closer to where they left Max instead of at the cave, uh, which seems super ineffective, I guess. But I think he's just trying to make Nudge feel better because they yeah. have nothing else that they can do. Anyways, Nudge realizes that they're close to where her parents are supposed to live. So she's like, I'm going to meet my parents. And Feng's like, you're a fucking idiot. No. And she's like, can't stop me, bitch. This is one of my least favorite parts in the book so far that we're about to get to. Yeah. But anyway. Chapter 39. Gazzy and Iggy are... Wait. Yes. Chapter... <laughs> the jumps between characters confused me for a second. I was like, Nudge and Fang aren't hiding on a cliff now. Yeah. <laughs> what is this talking about? Gazzy and Iggy are hiding from the erasers on a cliff. Uh, but they realize that they can't go home. So they decide to do something they know will upset Max. Suspense. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do. What will do. they do? I, you know, it's a mystery. This is as much of a mystery as how Jeb died. <laughs> he didn't. Oh, fuck! <laughs> oh, shit! Jeb Bush! <laughs> Please clap. Uh, chapter... <laughs> do you think when he gets to do his, like, grand reveal that he's been alive this whole time and everybody's like... <gasps> Shocked silence that he's just gonna say, please clap. Oh my gosh. I imagine he's got like got his arms out like all Broadway style, like, hello, here I am. He's so he acts so upset when Angel isn't like, Jeb. I know. I'm like, dude, you just brought her back to the torture land. Yeah. (sighs) Anyway. Chapter 40, Max has a nice day with Ella and Dr. Martinez, during which she imagines what it would be like to have a normal life where she wasn't on the run all the time. She talks a bit with Dr. Martinez, but is also scared to trust her. Because Jeb told her never to trust anyone. Convenient, isn't it? That he told her that. Yeah. When part of the experiment involving them was ensuring that they weren't caught while they were on the outside preparing for some kind of further testing (laughs) that was going to be done on them probably to see what happened you know when they were left on their own for years and how they survived and how they adjusted to it emmy you're jumping ahead i'm theorizing i haven't read these books it's not as complicated as someone might think going into it it's very easy to guess yes did somebody okay actually i was gonna say would anybody think this is complicated but honestly maybe you don't know what the fuck james patterson's gonna do in this oh no absolutely not chapter 41 dr martinez advises max that she needs an x-ray and max brilliantly assumes that she has x-ray vision uh they go to dr martinez's vet clinic and max has a freak out because of a dude in a white coat and the chemical smell they do the x-ray and discover that max has a microchip in her arm Knows what hot dogs are. (laughs) Doesn't know what burgers are. Knows what chocolate is. Does not know that normal people don't have x-ray vision. 
<laughs> oh my god. Knows, but knows what x-ray vision is. <laughs> I... There are certain parts of this book that are burned into my memory forever. Like, just random lines. One of them is, do you have x-ray vision? Another one is, if you make cake, I can make strawberry shortcake. Max is 14 years old, and she's supposed to be smarter Mm -hmm. than the average 14-year-old. Do you have x-ray vision is the question I would expect in this situation from, like, somebody Angel's age. Yeah. Not a 14-year-old. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Chapter 42. (laughs) Max tells Dr. Martinez to take that motherfucking chip out of her arm right now. And then the doctor tells her, no, it's embedded embedded such a long time that it's probably an integrated part of her body at this point and taking it out would almost positively ensure that Max would lose control of her hand. I the only reason I'm going to give this credit is because this was 2006 and m- modern medicine has come a long fucking way since then. They hadn't even done surgery on a grape when this book came out. So like I'm sure that was probably something, especially someone who isn't like an actual people doctor would could would probably feasibly say. But nowadays my question here was okay, if you can't take it out why not just find a way to deactivate it? Yeah, like demagnetize it or something like that. Yeah, like you know it's there. There are ways to stop chips from functioning. Fuck it. Jab a needle in there and pierce it through the chip. Yeah, right? Like something. Anyways, two erasers show up and claim to be with the government looking for strange people or animals and Dr. Martinez sasses their asses right the fuck out the building. Yeah, she was way hella dramatic about it, too. There were a couple lines where I was like... Like, I love that she was being, like, strong and, like, take no shit. But at the same time, I was like... You're being really aggressive for two guys that just came in here asking if you've seen any weird animals. Like, this is is weird. Yeah. Your reaction is weird if you're not hiding an animal-human hybrid. (laughs) Max points out that she's immune to the erasers, and I feel like we didn't know until, like, a couple of chapters ago that the erasers have, like... Charisma. Charisma. Like, their voices are supposed to be so nice that you'll, like, do anything they ask you to do. Am I insane? Was that in it from the beginning? No. Okay. I never picked that up until until now. I was just like... Well, there Are was they... a moment with Iggy and Gazzy in the cabin where Gazzy was like, the voice on the other side that was like talking to us was like so sweet that if you jumped off a cliff, if it told oh, no, you to yeah. jump off a cliff, you would. But it wasn't until the, like, yeah, it wasn't what, until in then. the entire first, like in the first episode's worth of chapters we read, I saw yeah. nothing about it. I yeah, don't exactly. I was very confused. So, yeah, that's weird. Laser eyes, the ability to make people do whatever they want. Super strength. Super smell. Wolf form. How do they lose battles consistently? I don't know. Anyways. Chapter 43. 
Nudge continues on toward her parents, despite Fang's griping. Uh, when they find the place, it's a trailer in a rundown lot, and Nudge spends the entire time upset that the woman that is supposed to be her mother is not the kind of person she hoped to see. She's sitting in a lawn chair with her hair in curlers, drinking a Coke, not putting out fresh cookies on a windowsill, and being not in a trailer. <laughs> and suddenly an eraser appears. So, I hate everything about this. I remembered it as we were going, as we were, like, moving in this direction. And I was like, oh, no. I just remembered. We've reached a problematic moment. Like, an actually problematic moment. Where we're judging people that live in trailers. No. Nudge is the only black character. Wait, Nudge is black? Nudge is black. It's... Oh, that's what it was referencing with the dark skin matching... Oh. So, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into stuff that happens later in the series, but honestly, it doesn't really matter. They meet other characters' parents at some point, right? Uh, because that's kind of important to the plot, is like, where did we come from and stuff like Please that. Please don't tell me that Nudge's parents being black are the only ones that are shitty people. And that they're deadbeats. I do not want to say that they're shitty people because I do not remember. Other characters have shitty parents, but Nudge's parents are the only ones who live in a trailer park. So, there's a lot going on and a lot to unpack with this specific scenario. Do I think that James Patterson went into this utilizing racial stereotypes intentionally? Maybe not. With a bias that maybe he isn't necessarily entirely aware of. Definitely, if not, he's doing it intentionally. Or do I think that he's doing it completely unbeknownst to himself because Nudge is the Rosalie of this series in that she's not a bad person, but she's the only one who like hates what they are. She doesn't want to be this bird kid, okay? She would... We're not going to read that far into the series. There's a part in the series later on down the line, I think it's like book seven, where she volunteers to have her wings removed. Okay? Um, so taking all of that into account, I feel like James Patterson instituted this because as far as the story goes, if Nudge's family was, like, great... I think she'd probably abandon the flock. Like, I think she would go live with her parents if she had the choice. But when she comes and she sees them being all, like, in a trailer park and stuff, she's like, this isn't the life that I envisioned for myself. But also, Nudge is the only Black character. I swear to God. If somebody points out that they live on welfare checks, I'm going to kill them. It's, I don't remember much about all the other stuff. Um, and I'm sorry to give you that spoiler from book seven that we're probably not going to read. Um, but yeah, so Nudge, I don't know if it's kind of obvious so far that she kind of, she, re- she 
doesn't like the life that they live necessarily. I mean, I don't think any of them really do. But she rejects the premise. Yes, exactly. And so that's why I hate this part of the book so much and why the beginning of the next chapter is so disgusting. <laughs> chapter 44, one of the erasers turns out to be Ari, which, by the way, I don't understand where the fuck these erasers came from, but okay, apparently they can teleport. Um, one of the erasers turns out to be Ari, who says something wildly racist that I will not repeat. Then they all get in a fight. Fang gets the absolute shit kicked out of him, and I'm not joking, they kick the fucking shit out of him. Are you looking at this chapter? <laughs> Holy shit! Her face right now! <laughs> Nudge sprays some erasers in the eye with spray paint, and they both get away. Did you just read what he says? Yes! And now that you're reading it again with the knowledge <laughs> that you have... I'm not gonna say it. I will not repeat it. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucked up. It doesn't make any sense if you don't have that context either. No, it doesn't. You read that I mean... and you're like, oh, are they dirty? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Uh, chapter 45. Angel talks to Jeb, trying to figure... Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, hold on. Go back to chapter 44. So when I say that Nudge sprays some spray paint in the eraser's eyes, this is what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about the reaction times of the erasers. <laughs> because it's literally like they're both... like the, It's two erasers. It's Ari and another one. And they're kicking the shit out of Fang. Because Fang basically threw Nudge up into the sky and Nudge is like hovering out of and reach. Wheel. What? Pinwheel. Pinwheel. Uh, uh, and so, but Fang gets grabbed and pulled back to the ground and they're just kicking the shit out of him and apparently completely fucking ignoring Nudge. Because she goes over to the ground, lands, grabs some spray paint, goes back up into the sky, lands again, sprays Ari with spray paint in the eyeballs, goes up again, comes back down, sprays the other one, and then she and Fang both get away. All the while going... <laughs> See, this is another another instance of like, so is it hard for you guys to take off or is it easy for you guys to take off? Because it feels like Nudge just did it seven times with no issue. I guess it depends on if the blood flows down when you're taking off. Yeah. Then you, then, then you might get hard. What's wrong with you? We don't have time to go over that. <laughs> Chapter 45. Angel talks to Jeb, trying to figure out why the hell he would be back at the school. He gives her some food. She says she hates him. You know how it is. When your adoptive dad turns out to be an evil scientist who betrayed you and your entire family. I don't know. I think that's pretty par for the course with stepfathers. Maybe not the scientist part. <laughs> don't you like your stepfather? Well, my second one, yeah. Oh my god, I forgot that you had two! <laughs> <laughs> 
I was only thinking like your bio dad and then your I don't want to say current stepfather. Well, also the fact that stepdad abusive stepdad is just a trope. Yes. So I'm, I'm sorry. I will because I don't have a stepdad or any step parents. So, you know. Chapter 46. Max enjoys homemade cookies with Ella and her mom. Al- Ella asks if she'll come back to see them, and Max admits she probably won't, which upsets both her and Ella. Do I sense a gay romance forming? between these two no absolutely no i don't not. i would not at all there's, no there's nothing no but I no absolutely nope no what why are you so against this no just continue is ella like 10 <laughs> i don't actually know how old ella is i think she's okay, like, like 11 or something oh <sighs> All right, interesting. I'm waiting to know where this goes. <laughs> Your vocal opposition <laughs> to this intrigues me. I'm sorry. Just please, just continue. Chapter 47. Nudge waxes poetic poetic about the nature of home and necessities <laughs> and how you realize what all you really need once you're living in a cave. Uh, and that's when Fang returns with raw rat for dinner. Wait, never mind. It's kebabs. But he does have her going for a while, telling her he's got raw rat he wants to share with her. Uh, They see birds on the horizon, and Fang uses a mirror to signal, and it turns out the birds are Iggy and Gazzy. Shocked. I'm shocked. I feel like I remember them, like, blowing up their house. I, like, maybe they'll explain that they did that later, but, like, they are, like, on the cliff, and then they appear at the lake... Also, tell. Do you remember the last season of Game of Thrones? The last two seasons of Game of Thrones, where everybody seemed to just be able to teleport all over Westeros. When previously, you know, in episode two of season one, titled "The King's Road," it took them two weeks to get from. I've forgotten so much about this show. To get from the Winterfell, Winterfell to to King's Landing. But then at the end, they can just like kind of beat bop all over the place that's what's happening in this book well you see it's it's that once dragons are are in westeros uh it allows people to travel faster it's the dragon magic just flying out into people's legs i'm gonna die from you saying that <laughs> little known fact the first men could actually run uh, 50 miles per hour. Chapter 48. Max leaves Ella and Dr. Martinez's place. Dr. Martinez gives her a backpack with some supplies. She flies away, ready to find Angel. Bitch got shot. Yeah, that was several chapters ago. She lets them watch her fly away, which makes Dr. Martinez cry. For some reason. Yeah. I I don't generally think that would be the kind of awe-inspiring sight that would lead to tears. Yeah. But sure. Um now now fun 
fun little fact I'm going to bring up here because we talked about it last episode. So bird bones, uh, common misconception, are not light. Uh, they are actually denser than mammalian bones. Okay. Uh, and they're more rigid. The reason that they're hollow, they're not actually hollow. They're filled with little struts. And the reason that there's all the space in between the, the struts and everything is because their lungs, when they're developing, actually expand into their bones because they require massive amounts of oxygen to fly. I feel like Steffi, Steffi came to you with this information. No, I actually... Oh, you I looked, looked it up, up yourself. I, I did fun. research. Because <laughs> I, was, I was curious. So no, common misconception that bird bones are light. Um, oh. And they actually are very strong and rigid interesting well that's the end of that section that is the end of that section but is that the end of the episode i mean yeah technically i guess it would be unless you have more that you want to say i just want you to tell me why you're suddenly scared of lesbians i'm not afraid of lesbians I love lesbians. You're a lesbian. <laughs> and you don't like me. I, I that's be, that that's fast. has nothing to do with you being a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> that has to do with all of the things I know about you. <laughs> you smuggle children across borders one time. <laughs> one time. We're in Texas now. I thought it was just what you do. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at, oh my god, I almost said at 2020 Twilight Pod. That ain't us anymore, bitch! At 2021 Maximum Ride the Angel Experiment Experiment Pod. (laughs) Uh, Follow us on Twitter at, I fucking almost said it again! This is a train wreck! Literary Masters Pod. Follow us on Twitter. Literary Masters Pod. At Lit Masters Pod. Lit Masters Pod. Because Literary Masters Pod is too long. It's because we're fucking lit. No, it's because of, it's too many letters. Follow us on Twitter at Lit Masters Pod. M is at Men of... 420 Blaze It. M is at M of Many Names. I am at Sarah S. Wilton. Send us an email at literarymasterspod at gmail.com. Shoot us a coffee over at ko-fi.com slash litmasterspod. Send us a DM. Anytime, anywhere. We love getting them. Read my book. Read Emmy's book. If you want to beta read Emmy's book, just send her or the podcast Twitter a DM. And or just find somebody to con- fucking send a pigeon. Just I don't care. <laughs> anything. Look, everyone that's read it so far thinks it's very good. So read it. Yeah. So that you can tell me that it's bad. So I that will. I, it I wasn't talking to you. I was talking Fuck. to <laughs> I know that's confusing because you're a them and they're a them. I know. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. I'm tired. Next week we're going to read, I don't know, another 80 pages. I'll tweet about it however many chapters it's supposed to be or I'll put it in the episode description next week when it goes out I'm not I I don't wanna I don't wanna figure it out right now Moth has had a breakdown <laughs> I the am, lights broke I don't know what's going on with me the lights are all broken 
there are no lights for them to flutter against. Uh, okay. 